0: tipp told com, the podcast about pop culture, black history and spirituality. Yeah it's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip gonna take it away. Ti' Tip told you. Oh, hey, thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Them Tip Told You. It's your girl, Tip. Welcome to the podcast that features all my musings about Black history, Black culture, and Black spirituality. I hope you're well today and starting the week off right. Um, I just... I want to talk about grooming, sexual predators and grooming and things like that. I want to talk about family, um, and then I want to talk a little bit about self-care. All right, so let's just jump right in. So Nicki Minaj, what was it, like two weeks ago, she made a foolish post about her cousin told her about a friend who had taken the vaccine and his testicles swole and the girlfriend caught off the wedding because of the swollen testicles and all this foolishness. And many of you rightly rightly assumed that it was a it was a strategy of distraction it was meant to draw our attention away from um nikki's wrap-up in some really nasty things whether it was attempting to cover or uh quote unquote defend her brother against an alleged sexual assault um allegation or if it's her husband and his victim, he pled guilty to, the, to that case with, um, I, I don't want to say her name because I don't, she wants the attention off of her. So we won't give her name, but um, I, it, it really made me think about what sexual predators do. And I think more of us need to start to call it to the carpet. So let me just jump right in. Um, some of you have heard me tell my story of uh, being a victim of sexual assault at the age of 12 and again at 16. I'm not going to go into those details here, but I can say, you know, one, a woman never grows out of what that does to her. Right. It, so, for example, people often say, I don't know why she waited so long to say something that sits with us forever. There are myriad ways why we don't necessarily want to come forward when it when it first occurs. Um, one thing is the the belief that people won't believe us. Um, and I think in a lot of ways we're right. Um, some of it is not wanting to be seen as a provocateur or a temptress or hot or any number of different names our community puts on um, girl victims. Um, we may not want to be judged for our quote unquote um, poor decision making Uh, Folks want to hold us accountable for being a a victim. You know, there are all kinds of reasons why we don't come forward. But I do want to say this. It should never be too late to come forward because we sit with that forever, right? I will always have a Me Too moment. There is no amount of therapy that will undo what was done. It can help me address what was done in a better way. And I think all of us should be seeking that kind of support. But I just wanted to tell you something. Now, I'm 47. That happened, my first Me Too story happened when I was 12. All right? So that's 35 years, y'all. I am in therapy about it now. And it wasn't until I started therapy last year um, that my therapist said something to me and I had never considered it before. So I'm not going into the details, but I will tell you that the person... Um, who assaulted me, was about 16 or 17. He was in high school. I was in middle school. And um, I thought he liked me, right? He would call me every day after school. We would watch DuckTales on the phone together and laugh about DuckTales, the cartoon DuckTales. And um, we would sit together at basketball games. And it felt really nice to have an older guy, you know, quote, unquote, interested in me. And it wasn't until my therapist said, you know, you were being groomed, right? That it hit me, right? I'm an educator. I'm a mandated reporter. I know what grooming looks like. I know how to recognize it. I know how to report on it, so on and so forth. But I didn't recognize it in my own story. I didn't recognize that it was not normal for a junior or senior in high school to be watching DuckTales with a middle school girl every day after school. Like, I didn't make the connection um, as a grown person dealing with these things. I didn't make the connection that I was being groomed. But nonetheless, grooming occurs in a lot of these situations where it's somebody known. There are, um, you know, love bombing happens. um, Isolation from your friends and family happens. um, Just... All these different strategies that predators will use to draw you in and make you assume the guilt for the event. And when I look at Nicki Minaj, now this is my assumption. I don't have any evidence. I'm saying that she seems to me to want to protect abusers that are around her. And that makes me wonder about her. And so my initial response to her whole thing was to be angry that a woman could create these safe havens for these men and and protect them against um, our rightful anger. Right. Um, But maybe I'm getting old and soft. Lately, I've been thinking about what must be going on with her. What must be going on with someone who is comfortable protecting an abuser? And admit, her husband admitted to it, y'all. He did time for it. And you're still trying to pay off the girl, get her to recant her story. Now, this is what the girl is saying. You're still trying to pay her off, recant her story. Then you started threatening her. Why is it so important that you protect abusers around, alleged abusers around you? Like, what is it that's missing there and what has she not got, gotten from her community? Um, for myself, again, I think about what I have not gotten or what I'm only beginning to get. 16-year-old me, 12-year-old me didn't get it. I didn't get um, a big sister or an auntie or a mother figure to come to me and hold me and tell me it wasn't my fault. I didn't get that. Um I didn't get the opportunities to speak transparently and openly about it until 30-something years later. Like, I'm still trying to do right by my 12-year-old and 16-year-old self. And I'm sure that what happened to me has shaped my relationships with men since then. And it requires a whole lot of work. Y'all, therapy is not... Some people think because you haven't done it yet, you have assumptions about what it's like. It's not laying on a couch and just telling people about your day. It is hard work. <laughs> I know there are some days where I feel like I've been hit by a truck. And I know there are some days when my therapist just want to hold up her hands and just quit on me because I'm, you know... But it's so necessary. It's so necessary, especially for those of us who have been victims of that kind of violence. Because hurt, you know, we say it's become a cliche, a widely used cliche that hurt people hurt people. But that's what I see when I see women who seemingly protect abusers. You know, I see a fear. I see um, if I make him safe, he'll make me safe. I see some of that happening. And it just... um, I don't know y'all i just i want us to do better by it you know how are what strategies are these abusers using to condition women to protect them like we need to address that and we need to be open and honest with young girls like i wish someone had told me hey baby a man showing you that kind of interest that is that much older than you you know, maybe not 1% of 99 times, he might genuinely have interest in you. But if he has genuine interest in you, he'll wait till you're illegal. Um, and I don't even know if that's the case. I'm giving that the benefit of the doubt that maybe 1%. <laughs> but the rest of the time, he's probably grooming you for something. Or he's validating his ego about something. Or he's wanting a trophy or something like that. But it it, it has very little to do with you. I know that I've carried for a long time guilt that maybe I did something, right, to warrant that kind of treatment, especially because it happened more than once. But now that I'm older and I'm looking back and I'm learning more about grooming and and predators and things like that, I recognize that there's nothing a woman can do to call the attention of a predator. Like it's, it's it's nothing we can do. I was 12. What could I have done to make a grown, almost grown man want me. It was nothing I could do, right? Nothing intentional that you can do. A a good upstanding man is not a rapist. (laughs) It's just not. even if a woman is standing there butt booty ass naked, there's nothing you can do to make a man abuse you if he's not an abuser. And so I just wanted to say that I, I felt like it had to be addressed Um, We have to do something about rape culture. This, um, Because women are afraid. In my own circles and family, there are women who say, I don't believe her. She waited too long. She put herself in that position. And I'm like, I'm sitting right here. I'm sitting right here and I hear that. So just be conscious of who you're around what you're saying, whether or not you're supporting an abuser or whether you are abusing victims because of the things that come out of your mouth. If you don't have anything positive to say, empowering to say, keep your mouth shut on it, okay? I just, you know, so I was thinking about that case and how, um, you know, she may be, Nikki may be protecting abusers because it's family, right? And I'm putting family in air quotes. You know, I like definitions. I went to look for a definition of family that would support the thesis I'm about to make, and I couldn't find it, y'all. The dictionary typically defines family as people related by blood, um, having a common ancestry, um, mother, father, and offspring, which are very Western-oriented definitions of Family, so that's why I was easy and ready to throw that definition to the curb. What I've come up since then is with my own definition. You know how black folks do. We're going to make the language what we need to do. Language is a tool. We create, we're creators, we're innovators. I'm about to give you a definition for a family that I like. So if, you're, if you want to write this down so that you have a new definition of family. For me, family is a collective force through mutual care and support family is a collective forged through mutual care and support. Now, if you were on Instagram, my Instagram live the other day, and I'm going to move it to YouTube in just a second, but you saw me talk about what care means. And if you look up the definition of care, there's some components to it, and it's about health, well-being, protection, and maintenance, right? So a collective forged to take care of the health the well-being, the protection and maintenance of the members of the group. Too many of us are using that Western definition of family when we really need to use my definition to kind of exclude people who don't belong in our groups because they're not taking care of us. Like, I wonder if Nikki is acting out and protecting these alleged abusers, what is that saying to the women in her family, especially the younger ones? Right. They shouldn't consider. You shouldn't have to consider people who won't protect you family. There's a meme I saw when I was much younger and it said friends are the family that we choose. And it's, it's akin to this definition I, I'm trying to create around a collective force through mutual care and support that we don't have to accept people, even if they're related to us by blood, if they are endangering us. If they are unhealthy for us, if they lead to our unwellness, we shouldn't have to, you know, I, I think we should give enough support so that they can seek out help if they want to seek out help, but we can't make people want help. And it's not our job to save people. You know, part of that hard work of therapy is that it's work on self. Nobody can do that work for me. So I'm saying sometimes we have to separate ourselves, distance ourselves from people who are related to us by family, which brings me to the other thing that's kind of popping in the pop culture news right now is Kelly Price. So some of us, you know, we were alarmed that first day that news came out that she was missing, um, and supposedly her family, the boyfriend, wouldn't let the family look at her in the house, and da 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 da. And since then, it's kind of come out that there may be some tension between the quote unquote family and Kelly and her new husband. Um, and I, I I won't pretend to know what's going on there, but it, it, it emphasizes the point I'm trying to make. That sometimes people who are related to us by blood don't necessarily mean us well. And we excuse it a lot because they're related to us by blood. Now, while I'm always, y'all know how I feel about ancestral reverence and being born into a lineage and all that kind of stuff. While I would want families to be healthy, happy, and whole places for us, blood families, the unfortunate circumstance is that sometimes they're not. And when they're not, we have to be willing to do things to protect ourselves. We shouldn't be trapped by the blood, if that makes sense. We shouldn't feel trapped by the blood. You know, so-and-so is disrespectful why would you continue to put yourself around them? I have family members who um, I just don't want to be around. And I'm using the, the Western definition of family there. I have people related to me by blood that I just don't want to be around. I got one right now. If I put eyes on her, I'm going to use every four-letter word I know. You, know. you know what I mean? That, that to me, she's nobody to me. Why would I be trapped In that relationship, if it's not good for me, if it doesn't maintain me, if it doesn't protect me, I wouldn't put my. We don't have to put ourselves in that situation. I just wanted to, to have this episode to let you know that you don't have to put up with things that don't mean you well. Whatever it is, you don't have to stay in something that doesn't mean you well. If you care, you care. If you are cared for, you are cared for. If you are that "quote unquote" blood family member who is an endangerment to other people, can you get therapy? It's okay. It really is okay. It's hard work, but it's worth it. As hard as it is, I'm telling y'all. Sometimes I, I sometimes I leave treatment therapy, and I'm like, I just want to crawl under a weighted blanket, turn off every light, and cry for about three hours. <laughs> right? Some days it feels like that, but some days it feels like I won the lottery. And even on the bad days, the next morning, I'm always glad I did it, right? So some of us, we we need to seek out therapy and some of us need to seek out counseling. Like if your family, your blood family won't do therapy with you, do it by yourself, but also don't be afraid to seek out wise counsel. It's okay to seek out wise counsel. Now, Notice, I'm saying wise counsel. Don't just be talking to some pastor at some first Mount Olive Zion Primitive Baptist who ain't never be be wise about who you're choosing to counsel you. I probably would not go to someone who had only been married for three years to seek marriage counseling. I probably would not go to an older woman who sh- who. Talked bad about what young women wear to seek out counseling about sexual abuse. You know, be wise about how you seek people out, but seek them out. Um, Don't be afraid to ask for mentorship. Some of us need to be mentored. Um, And that's okay. We, uh, You know, I've issued a, a challenge here on the podcast before. And if you didn't hear it, let me do it again. I challenge all of us to be mentored and to mentor. So we need to be in the middle, and and be mentored by someone older and wiser, and we we need to have a mentee to give what we're getting, right? But be wise about it. If you if you are jacked up, like I even with my clients, if it comes to sexual assault issues, I am very transparent about. Hey, here's my experience. This is the frame that I'm approaching this from because I need them to know I'm not perfect in this area. I can't offer you perfection. And let me say that just in general. No one can offer you perfection, not a therapist, not a counselor, not a mentor. They are human. Don't expect them to be perfect. And if they are presenting to you a perfect exterior, that's probably your cue that that's not the person for you. Right? Your counselor, your therapist, your coach needs to say, here is something i'm working on here's some strategies i'm using to work on it but i'm working on it i'm not perfect if they're presenting to you a perfect front and that goes for anything whether it's a business coach a financial coach a, a relationship coach a femininity coach whatever it is one day we're gonna have a talk about these femininity coaches but that's a whole nother story whoever it is if they are perfect they're presenting a perfect world to you run Number one, if they perfect, how the hell are they going to teach you how to go through something if they ain't never gone through something? That tells you right now, right then and there, the strat. how, how can I trust your strategies? What have you come back from? What have you healed from? What are you f- healing from? So, you know, seek out mentorship and counsel, but be careful when you do. And then finally, I want to... Um, Say that spirituality plays a role in this. I'm not, you know, I don't believe in saying there's only one way to the creator. I think if you think there's only one way to the creator, you don't know the creator. And I'm sorry if that offends you. But I'm saying to you, if you believe God is omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-being, all-seeing, how are you going to put it in a box? Like, that? that's cognitive dissonance to me. How are you going to put... Something so big that it knows even the hairs of your head. How are you going to say it's only one way that that thing can be known? You think that thing can not make itself known in a myriad of ways? It can. Your human mind may not be able to conceive it, but it can. So I'm not saying what spiritual way you have to know this thing, right? But I do think there's something to spirituality that helps us um, there's a, a, a Alice Walker quote, and I don't have my paper in front of me, but it basically says, "If you trace your ancestry long enough, you you reach all the way back to God, right? All of us are connected to that Creator, and because all of us are connected to that Creator, whatever you call that thing, right? Oromankama, or Nyame, or Dumari, or Allah, God, Jehovah, whatever you call that thing." We're connected to it. And because we're connected to it, we are divine and deserving of veneration and support, including from ourselves. So I just wanted to hit on those things today. I want you to, to look out for people who are, who are around you may have been groomed, who, are, who may be grooming. Listen, any brothers listening to my boys, listen. And sisters too, because sisters can be abusers. Mistreat these young boys. Like the cougar thing is cute when y'all are both grown consenting adults. That's kind of cute. But let's not get it twisted. There are some women taking advantage of of boys and that's not appropriate either. It goes both. That's not appropriate either. So whenever we as adults see someone being groomed, we we need to stop that. Address it. Don't stand by and just let that happen around you. Remember, family is about care, mutual support. That means we protect people. All right? All right, that's all I really wanted to cover today. I hope that this podcast found you well, um, that you're caring for yourself and your community and taking care of each other. Tell them to told you. Make it a good one, y'all.